First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. Ryan, we've got uh, we've got a message here via the uh, the WIBX 950 app. It comes from Jeff in New York Mills. It says Ryan and CNN have done a number of hit pieces on Republicans. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, come on, I get no laughter on but, that. Um, what do you say to come that, on. Ryan? When people uh, say hit jobs on Republicans, <laughs> how do you respond to that? I mean, I just think you have to look at uh, the body of uh, my work and the work of CNN in totality. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm very confident. Uh, I'm a fair arbiter of, of the of the news, and I have been my entire career. So. Uh, I, I completely agree, yeah. and I'm just having fun at Ryan's expense. I, I completely don't mean it, but uh. all right, well, I'm serious. A nice awkward moment to uh, start things off. Well, right. my my joke fell flat, like I was doing a roast again. Uh, I, don't know. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I, I do. I do this, Jeff. Mills. I knew who that caller was. Ah, Don't worry, right. I got it. That's right. Uh, okay, Ryan. Good morning. Uh, good morning. What about morning. The, what about the speech yesterday that uh, that the president gave? Here's the thing. Um, it's it was almost being touted yesterday as like one of the great speeches in presidential history. I don't see that, and it may have been very passionate. But are, are we really at a at a point where? This is the worst thing when it comes to elections since the Civil War. Is that a bit exaggerated? I do think uh, the president and Democrats in general run the risk of taking this too far uh, and overstepping their bounds. Um, I, I do think the fact that he, um, for the really for the first time, was so forceful in his uh, denouncements of the former president's conduct in the wake of the election, which I, I don't I don't think we can understate that. You know, the danger that he has, that, that Trump has, has uh, provided to democracy by his continuing to suggest election fraud where none exists. I, I do think it's a massive problem. I do think that Biden, you know, his forceful uh, pushback on that was important. But, I, you know, here's the thing, uh, and I think this is where Biden finds himself in kind of a, a precarious position here. These big speeches are only going to take him so far. And you're right, it's going to raise the eyebrows and, and roll the eyes of Republicans to think that there actually needs to be some sort of safeguards put in place uh, for elections. And it's going to frustrate progressive liberal Democrats who feel that he's actually not doing a single thing to actually prevent some of these wide-ranging uh, voter um, uh, integrity, as they're called in Republican states, these voter uh, access laws uh, from being implemented. You know, there's a simple thing that Joe Biden can do to try and if, if he's actually serious about, uh, you know, installing a, a na- nationwide voting rights protection bill, he's got to go into Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema right. as this collection of moderate Democrats, get him in a room and say, you got to carve out a niche for the filibuster uh, and allow this to go through, because the only way it's going to get passed is with 50 votes. And and I think Biden can give all the speeches he wants. He can go all across the country and, and decry the fact that he's upset that Republicans in these red states are passing these laws. But until he, and, until he and his fellow moderate Democrats are willing to actually, you know, get some, uh, you know, spill some blood in this game and take the risk of carving out the filibuster, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And, 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 and that sense, I think he's kind of in a lose-lose situation. Um, and you know, now it's funny because some of the commentary I was, I was listening to yesterday and it might've been, uh, I, I might've been, uh, on CNN at one point. Um, and he's getting, uh, Biden is getting attacked from the left now. And it's like, what, you know, enough talk, enough speeches, you're not getting anything done. 
the problem is you're going to have to face the music. Um, you're right. There's only one way to get anything done. And that is not a, uh, a, a battle he's probably going to win with Joe Manchin in particular. Well, and, and frankly, everything that we've seen from Joe Biden is that he personally is not in favor of, right. of breaking up the filibuster. You yep. know, he's a Senate institutionalist. You know, he spent more time in the United States Senate than he has in any other part of his professional life. So, you know, I, I, and I think Biden and Manchin and Cinema and some of these moderate Democrats are very nervous that if they cross the bridge of breaking up the filibuster, that they lose the Senate majority in 2022, which is a real possibility that Mitch McConnell will come down with a heavy force and, and make them pay the price for yeah. blowing up the filibuster. Yep. Uh, and I think that's something that, that that Biden definitely is concerned about. So, yeah, I you know, I I had a, a very good friend uh, who just left the Senate uh, who's a, one of the smartest kind of Senate tacticians, and uh, this he's a progressive former aide, and he would tell me over and over again, it is all, the Senate is all about counting. And you're only ever going to get anything passed if you've got 51 votes to get something passed. Yep. And the simple fact of the matter is, as much as Democrats, you know, cry and complain and, and, and sound the alarm bells about voting rights, if they really cared enough about it, they'd find the 51 votes uh, to break up the filibuster. And that would include Kamala Harris breaking a tie. And, and at this point, they just do not seem to be that concerned about it because they're not willing to take that step. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting uh, that everybody's going up in arms over over Republicans on these voting rights. And and we talked about this a little bit earlier this morning. Depending on where you are in the country, um, it is believed that the uh, that some of these laws restricting voting uh, do restrict um, and and do make it more difficult for certain uh, demographics to vote. And what it oftentimes does is it places the uh, the party uh, in control in a uh, in a position where they're in a, in a better they have a better chance of their incumbents winning, but you know what I mean? If, if we're so upset about that, why aren't we tack, uh, attacking gerrymandering? Because this redistricting is just the craziest thing. I mean, you know the the uh, Brian Brian Miller's uh, district, formerly Claudia Tenney's district, and many say she was given that district because the Republicans and Democrats didn't like her in Albany. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just the craziest district, in, in, and we have done so much redistricting that incumbents uh, are almost guaranteed to win in this country right now. Well, you know, Bill, you and I talked about gerrymandering a lot. I fundamentally believe that gerrymandering is the biggest problem in American politics. I think it is the reason that we have created such bitter partisanship. I think it's the reason that uh, members of Congress, uh, elected leaders on all levels, are not rewarded for finding compromise because we've carved up these districts where it's only Republicans in some districts and only Republicans in other or only Democrats in other districts. So there's no incentive to reach across the aisle yep. to win elections. You have to win primaries now. And I, I what, but I, the way I would push back on that is, and it's actually to the Democrats' detriment, is that in many states across the country, in a lot of Democratic-run states, they have actually handed the redistricting process over to independent uh, bipartisan uh, redistricting commissions. Uh, For instance, in my state of Virginia, where I live now, uh, which is now controlled by Democrats, for the first time, their redistricting process here will be completely decided by uh, leaders who have no elected responsibility. These are independent commissioners that are appointed to this position and whose only job is is to carve districts that uh, that geographically make sense 
and that are equitably disperse Republicans and Democrats yeah. in, in, in their districts. And so the problem, though, is that's not happening in Republican states. Uh, you know, many Republican states have, have hung on to their partisan form of gerrymandering and, and redistricting. And that could be to Democratic, uh, to Democrats' disadvantage because in some of these states, they may carve, they may end up, these independent commissions may end up carving congressional districts that are more advantageous to Republicans. It's not happening everywhere, yeah. but you are starting to see this slow push across the country to try and change the gerrymandering rules. And I, and I do think, I, you know, that, I said it a million times, I think that is the biggest problem in politics. And yeah, I agree. That, yeah. Everything spouts from that. You know, it, it, you know, I think money in politics, all that stuff, the biggest problem starts with the yeah. gerrymandering problem. Uh, and I, I think in New York we, uh, we have an independent uh, commission that's going to be handling it as well. However, I do think it is the final think, approval comes from the legislature. Right. Yeah, and, the commission will and, will provide a recommendation. The, yep. the actual lawmakers have a chance to tinker with it. Yeah, yep. and believe me, uh, with the supermajority that Democrats have in New York, you almost can expect to see yeah, that I mean, uh, what it's going to look mean, like here. It's going to be a Democrat. Gonna favorite. I was, you know, I was kind of giving Democrats credit for their redistricting efforts in other states, but New York's a perfect example. I mean, the New York Republican congressional delegation has shrunk. You know, from when I was in New York. Oh, yeah. Yep. Compared to where it is now, has shrunk inexorably, and that is because you know every time they lose a congressional seat, the Democrats that control the legislature carve up a, a seat that basically eliminates a Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and extends the power base more downstate. I mean, if you look at Lee Stefanik's district now, uh, you know, when I lived in uh, upstate New York, that that district was a quarter of the size of what it is now, and now she basically represents the entire northern swath. New mm-hmm. York State. You know, a lot of that is Adirondack Parkland, but right. still, you know, the idea that you could be represented by her in Watertown and also be represented by her in Plattsburgh, right. you know, that Crazy. is just uh, unbelievable. Yeah. But, you know, that, you know, that's a byproduct of partisan redistricting. Yeah. All right. Interesting stuff. And, uh, and ultimately, you know, next week we can talk about this, the week after and the week after that. I don't think anything's going to change. I, yeah, I think it's a very long process. So, yeah. you yeah. know, this... I got a question for you before I go, though, Bill. Okay. Are you pro? Are you pro home run derby or are you anti home derby? Um, this year, I'm very pro. Um. Well, yeah, <laughs> for Met fans, it's fun. Well, because you know, one of my good friends is a Met fan. I was because I was excited about how well Peter Alonso performed, and he's like, "I don't watch that trash. Home run derby doesn't mean anything." But I think it's fun. I, I my kids. I, love it. I, I, I I went through that very same thing with uh, Manaski. Uh, you you said you don't like it. And I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a good time. And, and, it's just and too many. It's I, I I like the brackets. I think that's really cool the way they uh, they do the brackets. I like yeah. It. You, yeah. And there's there's only rounds, so you, can, you know it's it's really easily digestible. Yeah. And yeah. you know I think having it in Colorado probably made it even more exciting. It did. Flies yeah. off the yeah. there. But, and Alonzo was the perfect character I thought for it. He just made it. Uh, Made it fun. He oh, made it fun, right. dancing around or whatever that uh, the music he was playing there. And, uh, yeah. uh, and, and what's interesting is Alonzo was playing a character, playing a role during that whole thing. He's not yeah. this cocky guy that's you know banging no, his exactly. chest and yeah, somebody's very humble. Yeah. He's very yeah. humble, and but he played that role during it, and I, I thought it was. Uh, and man, he's got a swing. But the problem with the home run derby, Ryan, for me is. I am very impressed with Pete Alonso, the home run derbyist. Yeah. I am not so impressed with Pete Alonso right. this season 
as cleanup. Uh, I mean, he's, it'd, be not, it'd be nice for him to hit some of those natural games. Uh, that's yeah. exactly my point. He, he had 35 yeah. in the first round. Can he finish the season with 35? That'd be nice. That would he, make a big he's change. At 17 right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. yeah. I thought he was at well, 14. He started but... to hit better at home. You know, he was not hitting. He, I think like up until the last series of the season, he'd only had one home run at City I know. Field. That's and true. And everything else had been on the road. And he, he hit a bunch in City Field. So I think once he starts feeling his swing at home, that'll be the difference. And the other problem for Alonzo is, you know, he had no protection because Conforto was better to be found yep. a good after the season. Lindor starts to hit, Conforto maybe comes around. Maybe that allows him to see some better pitches. This second half of the season for Mets fans could be unbelievably fun. It could also yeah. be a God blessed disaster. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> be prepared. I, I, I think, you know, my, my father in law is an uh, eternal pessimist. I said, you know, if you'd have taken three and a half games up in first place uh, at the All Star break, I think we all would have taken that deal at the beginning of the season. No, no, so we'll see where that. we end yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Ryan, thanks. thanks uh, as they say in Buffalo, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Bills. All right. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye.